0: Today is July 23rd, and this is Red Sox Beat on the CLNS Media Network, and I am Jared Scally alongside Jess Thomas. Alright, welcome in, Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media, of course the leading online provider of audio and video coverage or your Boston Red Sox on Twitter at Red Sox, C-O-N-S, Facebook Red Sox Beat Podcast. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Season's heating up. Red Sox, whew, they're in first place, and they're in first place by a good chunk of change. Jess, first show back since the—is uh, this the first show back since the All-Star break? It is. this
1: 1st show back since the all star break its i am blanking. Thank you. Thank you so much right before the Home Run yeah. Derby was our last show.
0: So— they're back into it. They're playing the Orioles as we record. Uh, just They're in first place. They've commanded first place, and it seems like they're in a good spot.
1: They are, because they're beating the teams they should be beating, and the Yankees are kind of going like 500 and losing some games. And Obviously, the Yankees have lost a lot to the Orioles this year, and the Red Sox, as as this game is on right now, are 9-1 and against the Orioles this year. So... Yeah, I mean, taking care of business against what you need to take care of business, and that's really all you can ask for.
0: The only thing that should scare Red Sox fans is that dismal record against the Yankees. Um, but if they keep winning games they're supposed to and the Yankees don't, then those games don't matter as much because there still won't be a big difference. Um, but then it still scares me in the playoffs. So biggest thing at this point with the Red Sox is when they play the Yankees, which they do upcoming, um, they got to figure that out. Apparently, I also saw this two Jess, which is intriguing. Um, David Price is slated to pitch another Sunday night baseball game against the New York Yankees. Uh, in 11, I thought about you
1: when I saw that earlier. 11
0: days or so, and I can't wait for it to happen again. Um, so I'm, job, intrigued by, I'm intrigued by that. We'll talk about that next week, though, because that's not in this week's show. But had to toss that out there because just keep that in the back of your mind Red Sox fan. David Price is getting a second shot at that Sunday night baseball thing. As of right now, we all know baseball rotations can change in a heartbeat. But um, as of right now, he is slated to pitch that game. I wouldn't be surprised if they do their best to keep him to it because he's got to figure it out at some point.
1: Right, yeah, Core is not one to be like, yeah, you know what, you're terrible against the Yankees, so we're gonna we're gonna give you one more day off. He's not headed, and especially because like we said in the past, he still pitches well against bad teams. You know, he pitched well against the Tigers on Friday. He went six and a third innings, getting didn't go up a run. He went three three perfect innings to start the game, and. And he he battled out of out of some danger in the fourth and fifth inning. So it's like he's still pitching well against bad teams. It's just the good teams. So you got it. You got to do it. So they should pitch him. And if he gets rocked again, then we'll we'll start over all, all over again.
0: <laughs> um. So I'm intrigued by that. But we'll, we'll talk about that start when we know it's coming for sure. But big picture, Jess, Red Sox are the first team, 270 wins in Major League Baseball. Um, closest team behind them is the Astros, I believe, and. They're at like 66, yeah. 67, wherever they might be. So they're right behind. But the Red Sox right now, if people are still talking about the, oh, well, it's not real. like Well, blah, 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 yeah, everyone's win totals are going to be a little inflated because that's how bad the American League is. But you still have to be a pretty damn good team to be the first one to 70 wins, um, beat up against most teams you play, and have a dominant guy in Chris Sale lead the way. So yeah, I'm over it.
1: You should be over it, (laughs) because they played 101 games. I think that's enough of a sample size to determine if a team's good or not. This team's good. They played 101 games, and they have 70 wins. They're on pace for whatever, I guess it's probably still 111, 112 wins. So, I mean, let's put it this way. They're 41 and a half games up in the Orioles, and we're not even in August yet, (laughs) which is insane. I heard on the radio tonight, they said that this discrepancy of games back for the Orioles is through 100 games is the third most of all time in baseball. It's disgusting. Only, so only two teams have been more than 41 and a half games out at this point, and that's what the Orioles are. They're forty. They're 28 and 72. I don't know what they're on pace for, 120-something losses? I mean, it's unbelievable. So that's something. And then another stat that keeps sticking out about, about this team in my mind, a couple of them, one, the fact that they are 42 and 5, I believe it is, when scoring first in a game which is amazing. That means they get a lead and they keep a lead, and that's huge in baseball. And then the other stat is that they have won 11 of their road series. So I don't mean like sweeping the series. Like they've won, you know, two out of three, three out of four. They've won 11 of their road series, which is like 70-something percent of the road series. Teams don't do that. And this team's 36 and 18 on the road. And if you scroll through uh, those wonderful standings on whatever website you look up standings, uh, that's really good compared to everybody else. I mean, Yankees aren't even close. They're 29-20 and 20 on the road. That's seven less wins and two more losses. The only team really comparable is the Astros, who are 34-15. and 15. Do the percentages in your mind there quickly, I'm not sure. Two more wins for the Red Sox, three more losses. I guess the Astros are slightly better. But other than the Red Sox and Astros, nobody's road record is even close to that good. So running on the road is huge in all sports. Not as much in baseball as, say, basketball, but it's super important because you need to go on the road in, in the playoffs and win games, and that's crucial to, to winning playoff series. And When you're 36 and 18 on the road, you're just as good as you are at home, which is what good teams do. They win at home and on the road, which is why they have the most wins in the league. So Those are the two stats that stick out to me, is road wins and when scoring first, that's important.
0: Scoring first stat, I knew it was like good, but I didn't realize it was that good. That's, that's oh, it's huge. Oh, crazy. Because they have this shows that they have the offense to get out in front and keep stay yourself up front, but it also shows the Red Sox pitching is done probably better than we have thought. Right. Because the problem last year was, yeah, you had an okay offense, but obviously one, you didn't have JD Martinez, the slinger of all slingers, but you also <laughs> didn't have the pitching staff. You had this pitching staff not be as successful. I think that it shows this year. It speaks to the value of what they're doing. Rotation wise. Um, big picture in case is Chris sale. Now, Everyone knows how good he was last year, Jess, but there's also a case in point that he's been better this year and he's on pace to last longer because of what Alex Cora has done with his management. Like, for example, the other night he was he came out with like 90-something pitches in the sixth 99. inning. 99. Yeah, in yep. the sixth inning. Guess what manager probably wouldn't have taken him out in a 9 nothing baseball game.
1: Right. Farrell would have pitched him like 112 pitches, 117 pitches. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, totally.
0: and yeah, I hate to bag on John Farrell, but it's just so easy now, uh, especially now that he's not here. But it's one of those things where those little things like that is what Cora was always talking about since spring training. It's the, we need to manage him so he can last longer. And we need to manage our guys so in August and September and October, they are pitching well successfully, and because of it, you know Chris Dale's mechanics are better. Um, Evan Drellick wrote a story on NBC Sports Boston talking about his mechanics and that his, his delivery slot has been the lowest it's been in years, and that might sound dumb to a lot of people who just casually listen to this show, but with him, the lower his delivery slot, the more his slider moves, and his case in point, he's getting a 7.5-inch movement on his slider, and that is almost a whole 2.5 inches more than it was last year. I hate to go too far in the numbers, but it's a cool graph. It's a, <laughs> the historic that Jarek did. But like, you look from, and I'm looking at it now in front of me, 2014 through 2017, he's right around a five-inch movement. From last year to this year, he's literally lost two, he's literally shifted two and a half inches more movement on his slider, and that's directly correlated to his arm movement. And they claim it's like because he can get his knee out in front or more, whatever it may be. But that arm slot gave him two and a half more inches of room to make guys miss and look like idiots.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, his slider is the most nasty thing you've ever seen in your entire life. I mean, it's it moves like crazy. That strikeout on the All Star game was dazzling. He just the guys swinging. By the time they're swinging, the ball's in their feet. So, I mean, between that nasty slider and his what is now ninety nine hundred mile per hour fastball, no wonder he's so good. It's I mean, it's kind of funny with him because it was like at the beginning of the year, it was just like last year, we didn't get run support, so his numbers didn't look that good from a quick glance at the beginning of the year, and then he just slowly kept doing it and doing it, and then ended up getting run support, and then all of a sudden, now he's like, everyone's saying, oh, he should be Cy Young. And it's like completely out of nowhere, because if you watched him every game, he's getting six or seven innings, eight to 12 strikeouts, you know, one to three hits, yep. and pretty much no runs every time. So, it, I mean, the guy's dominant, and he's doing exactly what this team needs him to do, and like you said, his numbers, his numbers are down in terms of pitch-wise and inning-wise, because... One, Cora, and two, the offense. They're giving him enough of a lead that he doesn't need to pitch later in the game because they trust that they have a big enough lead and they trust that the bullpen can can keep that lead. So it's huge for him to only have to go you know, six innings, maybe even five occasionally. They might do that down the line if, if they're able to, which is why the 17-2 start was so important because you got off to a nice, comfortable lead. You felt good about your team. You felt good about your team the whole year, and that's, able to, that's been, made it easier to do what they want with Sale. So... That 17-2 start was still the most important thing that's happened this season. I 100% believe oh, that. of
0: course. It gives you enough room that now, like, and yeah, you're up five games right now, but at the same time, it's uh, you needed that room to do that. Like, if you didn't go 17-2, and who knows where you'd be. So it's, it right. becomes that really important start. Now, Jess, do you think, real quick, I just thought of this. Do you think he can win MVP? Like, do you think legit Chris Sale could pull it out and win the MVP, other than just mm-hmm. the Cy Young?
1: No, because... His teammates are too good. <laughs> no, he's, I mean, his ERA and strikeouts are certainly good enough to be MVP, but I don't think he has a record at this point to get that. I don't think that will get noticed enough, and I don't think that he's had it. Unless he literally pitches like seven innings, one hit, ten strikeouts, no runs every start the rest of the season, then, yeah, you can definitely talk about it, but... Unless that happens, I don't think that his numbers are going to be good enough from a pitching standpoint to be better than Betts or or Martinez at this point because their numbers are off the charts.
0: You have a guy named Mookie on your team. You're not going to be better than him. And I think Chris Sale is pretty much the runaway favorite at this point for the Cy Young, but also he was last year too and then fell apart. So hopefully this new change around thing helps because last year we were saying the same thing for a while and then he fell off. So hopefully the the core of management um, helps here. Other than pitching note, we are getting Drew Ripamowans back. Um, He's starting Tuesday Tuesday. uh, as we record this, so um, you could already know how he did. But he pitched well uh, last week against Charlotte. He went uh, no runs on one hit over six innings through 69 pitches. I think 40-ish of them were strikes. But that being said, he's just saying the whole point of this has been, I need to relax. It's my time to pitch. I need to go and pitch. But you know what? you got to pitch because we need you at this point. The Red Sox (laughs) right now, um, Erod's probably done for the year, if not for a long time. Um, maybe in the back end of the year. You have a guy in Rick Porcello who you're not always sure what you're getting at this point, which is more of what we always thought he'd be. But then you have a guy in Chris Sale who's dominant, David Price, and who the hell knows. Um, He's good for most times, but then he gets to the Yankees or anything near the cold, bitter weather of fall, and he craps himself. So you need Drew Pomerantz to be what he was last year or somewhat like that. Now, maybe he's healthy. Maybe he's going to stop thinking about it, and he comes back and pitches well. That's what you have to hope for, Jess, because – He's had the rehab. He's had his time. The Red Sox are up five games as we sit here and record this show. They need him to come in and help shut the door on some of these teams, especially the Yankees.
1: Yeah, honestly, this could be one of the most important things that happens this year because the fact that he has now gotten this rest because he's been on the DL and hasn't pitched in quite a while, even though we thought it was a phantom injury at the time, which it still may have been, and they've just been easing him back. But the fact that that they've played 101 games and he hasn't really pitched that much and that could be huge because you get him back, he's fresh earlier than everybody else. And like you said, if he can be like what it was last year or even like half of what he was last year, then you're getting a really, really good pitcher in your lineup, which they need now. Because, you know, they basically have four starters at this point. One of those is Brian Johnson in the current, the current status of the injuries. So him fresh for the last couple of months of the season, if he's anything like he was last year, then that could be huge. I mean, it, you hate injuries but this team's dealt with injuries so well this year and they've just had people fill in brilliantly the whole year. I and mean, that's been one of the main things of this year is just how they haven't skipped any beats when anybody's gotten hurt. Cause it's been a pretty decent amount of injuries, but they've made it possible to make it through having a great record. Help that of course, as I've said, but You know, injuries sometimes can be a blessing in disguise because guys get hurt, they miss some time, it's a really long season, they come back and still get to pitch for part of the season, and they're fresher than the guys who played all season. So really, it's not a terrible thing, and if he can be any remotely good in any way, then it's going to be huge for this team. So maybe a blessing in disguise.
0: He said he's trying to relax, he stopped worrying uh, about a lot of things and just kind of worry about his release point. He said that he had backed off a little bit. "Quote: I was too worried about the velocity. At the end of the day, if you're throwing 95 and getting lit up, what does it matter? I just focused on making pitches and getting my release point out front." Then he went on to say, "He last year he was only throwing he was throwing 95 and didn't need to, and then he towed it back and did the same thing. So maybe you know what? It's a repeat. Maybe he's realizing that because Drew Pomerantz has got some stuff, like his secondary pitches move. Um, mm-hmm. Not Chris Sale movement, those seven and a half inches of slider, but he it moves. So." You don't. he doesn't have to throw ninety five. Like he said here you can throw ninety ninety one and be effective if you're Drew Pomerance, so maybe that's what he needs to focus on. But it looks like just to me, I, wh- whether he sat down and realized it or the coaching staff helped him realize it, which should have been their job in the first place. I, I think that he's I, I have confidence in Drew Pomerance because of the fact of one, we saw him do it last year, healthy. and now they're claiming again, he's healthy. and now he's realizing of what he was doing wrong. You can only hope that 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 sounds like a recipe for success. I don't see any holes in that unless they're just blowing smoke up our asses.
1: Yeah, every time in his career that he's been healthy, he's pitched well. So that's got to make you feel good as as a fan, obviously. I think that really with baseball, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to keep the same mechanics, you know, all the time. Things happen. You, You know, you get an injury and you change the way you're pitching because of that injury. Even if you're still pitching, you know, guys pitch through stuff. Same with hitting same exact thing. I mean, you change something hitting and then realize that you need to adjust how you're doing things because you're not doing it the same way you were doing it when you were good. So, its I mean, it's a tough game. These guys are human. Pomerantz has obviously had several times in his career where he's been pitching and then realized that either something's not right or some mechanic thing is weird and then he tries to fix it and then he goes out and he pitches better. That's just life. That's that's, that's sports for you. you know, it's not easy and maybe this will be what he needs to, to fix it. So, I'm all for it. I'm not certainly not down on him. I know a lot of people are, just because he obviously has missed some games. But he's shown us what he can do, and I'm ready for more Drew Pomerantz, 100%.
0: Give Jess his Drew Pomerantz back. Um, okay, <laughs> enough on-the-field stuff. I want to talk off-the-field stuff as much as Jess doesn't want to, so we'll touch on here. Th- <laughs> this is basically our trade deadline show, because we're going to record next week before it, but then after a day or two, the show is going to go. Down the crapper in terms of in terms of some of the stuff we talk about for the deadline. So um, biggest name, obviously, we know Machado's gone. Didn't really want him anyway. Didn't think there was really. I mean, I would have loved him, but wasn't really a fit for what they needed by any means. Um, so he goes to La La Land. He's he's playing there, and they need a shortstop, so he gets to do that. He showed off his arm the other night. Holy crap! I forgot how good of an arm he has. But the intriguing one now, the Red Sox, I think they've been on Cole Hamels, which we'll get on. They'll believe they've been on some starters, some relievers, but the name that everyone still is bringing up and. I think a lot of people around here want is Zach Britton, Orioles closer waste of talent being in Baltimore. I think everyone and their mother knows that he's going to be traded at some point before the deadline, um, probably sooner rather than later. So there are a lot of teams involved. Red Sox are included. Now the Red Sox aren't the favorite, but what intrigues me about the Zach Britton situation is one, the Red Sox need him badly. And, but do they have enough to get him is also a question mark. But Dave Dombrowski and Dan Duquette are pals. Red Sox, Duquette have a history. Red Sox are in Baltimore right now. Dave Dombrowski and Dan Duquette can sit down face-to-face and hash this out without being over the phone. Right now, Dave Dombrowski has that leg up. And just to me, I can't say that's going to be an advantage because at the end of the day, whether you're face-to-face or over the phone, your groceries are your groceries, and you can't really fake what you have. But (laughs) at the same time, sitting face-to-face does give you a little bit of an advantage especially when you have a good relationship with the guy you're staring across the table to.
1: It's true. It, I mean, it, it, you'd think it would be the same face-to-face on the phone. You're still talking to them either way. But on the phone, you're not looking at them. You can kind of, like, think about what you're going to say before you're before they, like, finish what they're saying. You, know, you can kind of anticipate what's going to happen. But face-to-face, they're staring at you. to come out at you with something, some kind of deal or whatever, or a possibility, a proposal. And you're staring them in the face, so you can't, like you know pause for a minute or look away or you know you gotta look him right in the eye and be like yeah let's do that or no let's not do that so it's it is it's it's a little bit different and maybe you know i didn't dave dombrowski's a pretty smooth dude he's a good looking dude he speaks well and i think sit there with duquette and uh, maybe make him believe something about his team that he can get him to do a trade you know it's it's a little bit different it's face to face is what's up
0: it's intriguing um Alex Corr has come out and said he's happy with what he has. I don't believe that wholeheartedly. I know he knows he has a hole in the bullpen. Now, Thornberg has been better. Um, he's been yes. okay. He's been pretty good. Yeah. right? So I think as he starts to pitch more and more, you're starting to see him come back into shape. But I wouldn't hate one more guy, and Zach Britton is the guy for me, obviously. He's the name, and we know he's good. He has about he has $4.5 left on his salary. Um, then he's going to be a agent, so obviously he's a rental. Red Sox, as well as the Astros, Cubs, Rockies, and Brewers are all <laughs> interested. Uh, it sounds like Astros are favorites they almost got him last year and they didn't so they're gonna go after him hard again if they're if they get Zach Britton you might as well just pencil <laughs> them into the World Series now because I legit already think they're a wagon and I don't think you have the pitching to beat them right now so if you get if they get the best reliever on the market to shore up their bullpen I can't imagine anyone including the Yankees including the Yankees Beating beating those guys in a seven game series. So this deadline where Britain ends up, even if it's not a Red Sox uniform, you better hope he goes to the Cubs, Rockies, Brewers, or anyone but the Yankees and the Astros.
1: Yeah, that'd be scary if he was in the Astros. They're they're good enough already. But a lot of people say about the Red Sox, they would probably say the same thing. Well, if they get him, they're already the best team in the league. So yeah, it's big. It's I mean, two years ago the guy was the best pitcher in the league. He was. Forty-seven saves with a .54 ERA. He finished fourth in Cy Young as a closer, eleventh in MVP. Hey, there were some
0: hardcore arguments for him too. Like it wasn't like a yeah. distant fourth. People were like sincerely on that, like give him the MVP train as a closer.
1: Yeah, and you hardly ever see that. That's no. crazy. He was so good. And the year before, he had thirty-six saves and a one-point-nine-two ERA. The year before that, thirty-seven saves and one-point-six-five ERA. Three seasons before that, he was garbage. But those three seasons, he was great. And then obviously he's dealt with a lot of injuries the last couple of years and only has pitched um, 54 games over the last two years as opposed to you know more than that in one season. So that's a big one. And the big thing with him is if he's healthy or not, obviously, because if he's not healthy, we've seen how he is, not very good. Yep. So maybe the Astros will get him and he'll get hurt. And then we'll be like, well, great, who cares?
0: <laughs>
1: if the Red Sox get him, hopefully he's not hurt. So his health and who he goes to, both very important. But, yeah, you would think that he'd be the most important guy out there right now, just knowing how good he was just two years ago.
0: I don't think the Red Sox have enough to get him, Jess. I don't, I don't, Mm -hmm. Um, based off what other people have to give him, yada, yada. But, play the game. If the Red Sox do somehow get Zach Britton, and he comes to Boston, does that strike fear in the rest of the league? Or are there other holes here that might make, like because like, I'm saying, hey, the Red Sox. I mean, if the Astros get Zach Britton, that's it; it's over. Do people do people really feel like that? If the Red Sox get Zach Britton, they're the best team in baseball, and they're going to stay that way. They're going to they're going to challenge the Astros, and they're going.
1: I think it should. I think if people look at the if the, if the Red Sox as a whole, first they're going to say, "Holy crap, their offense is good." That's terrifying. Two, they're going to say if they have Chris Sale in the start of their rotation, and then if they have Zach Britton and K- Craig Kimbrel in the eighth and ninth innings, you got the best starter in the league and you get the best closer in the league and then you got the guy who was the best closer in the league two years ago and three <laughs> years ago that's scary i think people are gonna be scared of that i think that does put you assuming he's healthy if he's not healthy obviously this goes out the window but assuming he's healthy when you put the best offense but the best pitcher and the best closer and the best closer two years ago that's like for your best player i mean that's that's terrifying so yes i think if people know what they're talking about they would look at that and say that this team's unstoppable
0: assuming health I have to agree, right? And you always have to assume health because you don't blame sure. someone for getting hurt before they actually get hurt. Um, the only thing that would scare me is the rotation, obviously, because you don't know what's going on with the rod But if Pomerantz comes back, then hey, whatever. Um, you got to figure and it if out. Price because, pitches, and if, if Price pitches well against the Yankees a couple times or something, too. Even just once. You know, just show me you can do months, it. Because yeah. if you can do it once, and that means you really can do it. And right. then you just got to do it. I mean, this it all boils down to, can David Price do it in October? Um because sure. he's had his history of pitching well against the Yankees. We know it's not like a I hate New York thing because he's had a, such a, and we talked about this on other shows, Yes, He has such a good history against the Yankees that it just it boggles all of our minds now that he can't do it. But right. if you come in in October and face the Yankees, say, in the divisional round, in the ALDS or even the ALCS, and then you do well, David Price, then we're all forgiven. Look at, like, John Lackey is the best example we can ever give you because he did it <laughs> here. We all hated John Lackey for what he was. Yeah. Got yeah. hurt, chicken and beer, whatever it may be. 6 E R A. And then he helped you win a World Series, and everyone only remembers 2013 John Lackey.
1: Yeah. Nobody gives a crap about the rest of this horrendous career here. They just think about how he won the final game of the World Series. Yeah.
0: If David Price <laughs> helps you go to win a World Series in 2018, no one cares about Fortnite. No one cares about rubber duck comments from last year. No one cares about any of this. They care about 2018 David Damn, Price in a World Series. That's it. Eckersley gets forgotten about everything because he helped you win in Boston. He's saying all the right things, like I want to win in Boston, blah blah blah. I don't mind if you have an edge, like you know the comment he made about the last start in New York. Just back it up and pitch well, and that's right. what that's what we're waiting for. So that's the biggest thing. Um, I'm curious. Funny that th- our, our,
1: our whole like question of what's going to happen to this team is like all right riding on David
0: Price. <laughs> Basically, well, because you're right, right? Because like Pomeranz is up or, up in the air. Because if is he actually healthy, then probably we fine, right? We know Pomeranz can do it, and it sounds like he wants to do it. But if David Price sucks, it doesn't matter. Right.
1: Because then you have, whether he's pitching second, third, or fourth, then you're losing an important game. I mean, they're all important games. So no matter what he does, if he stinks up the bed, that's a pitcher who people expect to be good not being good. You pay $217 million, obviously, to get him. And it's funny that we're wondering about how he's going to do. It's a $270 million pitcher, but that's been the David Price story since he's been here. So it's stupid that we don't have to worry about that, but it's really kind of the thing you have to worry about most.
0: All right. Before we go to predictions and get out of here, because Jess and I have crap to do um, outside of this show. <laughs> so, what do the Red Sox end up doing? Deadline prediction, because we'll, we'll chime in this next week, too. But I'm curious now, with this week, we're going to have this whole week leading up to the deadline with this show. So, I want to get a sense of what you think they're going to do, Jess, leading up to the deadline. Oh, boy. I, I, don't, I don't need a specific player, because that's important yeah. because there's so many relievers out there. And it, guys, it's not going to be Zach Britton. If it is, I'll jump for joy. I'll tweet me dancing on Twitter. I don't know. Whatever it is. But there's so many other relievers out there that if you say a reliever, I'm not going to ask you for a name.
1: Okay. Uh, yes, I agree. I don't think they're going to get Britton. I hope they do, but I think that there's enough other teams in the mix that somebody else is going to snag him. Um, I don't know. Part of me feels like they're not going to get a reliever because they can, they've can. they seen that Thornbury's gotten better. They'll see a little bit more over his next couple outings. And Matt Barnes has had a fantastic year. He's going super underrated, as we said. Brandon Workman is there. Brandon Workman's been really good, too. So all the guys they had have been really good, and obviously it's a little worrisome to bank on. But I think that they might say, like, these guys are good enough right now that we don't need a reliever. And I think they're going to focus on a starter, which seems stupid because they have so many guys there, uh, including guys that are hurt. But... As we talked about, at the moment, before Pomerantz came back, he only had four starters, and one of them was Brian Johnson. I don't know if you want to rely on him. So I think they might go out and get a starter just for depth and just so they don't have to rely on guys who are hurt right now. So I think they're going to focus on that, and I think they're going to get a starter, not a reliever.
0: I would love to agree with you, um, but I just think they're i think they going to go with what they have. because we you Don't think know, they're going to do anything? We, no, I mean, I think they're going to go reliever, if anything. Okay. Because I, I think they they have so many star- options at starter with, you know, is coming back. Um, I think they believe that Erod's going to be back before the end of the year, even though I don't think so. So if they bank on that, then that's another guy they hope to come back. Steven Wright's still in the mix. Um, maybe you start Brian Johnson or Hector Vlach. You know, you have other – I think they have enough guys that they don't, they, they're going to go, we have no farm system as it is, guys. Let's actually trade something for what we really need and we're lacking rather than – we have a plethora of stars, they better just gotta they just gotta figure it out.
1: Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that they did that. It also wouldn't surprise me if they did nothing at all because like you said, Cora likes his team, they are the best team in baseball, and if a move doesn't work itself out, then they'll probably be okay with doing nothing. I think they will do something just to show that they like really wanna win. But I mean, currently constituted, after this win tonight they're gonna be seventy one and thirty one. That's pretty hard to argue with, so but I do think they're still going to go for a starter. If I wouldn't be surprised if they did nothing though.
0: If they don't do anything, this town will rip them apart. Um, Which is so stupid. They're the best <laughs> team in baseball. I
1: hate this. I love this town, but I hate it.
0: Um, so I, I'm in one of those guys that I think they should do something. Um, whether like because I think Pierce was a sneaky nice ad before all the hoopla that, games, like that a deadline great came ad. along. Um, and I was one that wasn't like sure they needed to do it, but I think now obviously it's playing out. I'll I'll bite my tongue on that one. I think it was obviously a great pickup. So he's been awesome. Yeah. Um. Now I think you need to worry about the bullpen. And see if you're not going to get a big name roti- um, reliever, you just don't have the gu- the ammo to do it. You don't have the groceries behind you, um, and if you're face to face, you really don't have the groceries behind you because Danny Duquette can can see whatever you're trying to sell behind you. So, I I think overall they're they're in great shape. We know that, but um, we'll we'll try to touch a little bit more on the hot stove rumors that come closer to the de- the show that releases on July 30th, the day before the deadline. So maybe we touch on a little bit more next week, but. We'll leave it there for now for the deadline stuff. We'll, we'll obviously keep you updated as it goes along. But uh, before we get out of here, let's do quick predictions. Um, let's exclude this game because we know how it's going to end. So um, <laughs> you're playing three against Baltimore now, and then you have a four-game setting at home against the Minnesota Twins. Jess, including this win tonight, I'm really hoping I don't jinx it, but um, including tonight's game as we're sitting here and watching it, um, count up as a W, whatever, the first uh, Tuesday and Wednesday game, how are they doing in Baltimore?
1: Yeah, I think they'll definitely win this game. It's now 5-0, so that's pretty safe against the worst team in baseball. Um, I can't, in good conscience, say they won't sweep them because they're 9-1, soon to be 10-1 against them. Baltimore's 28-72, as I said. It's just hard to pick against them. They're just a terrible team. They have crappy offense. They have crappy pitching. I think Pomerantz will bounce back in his first start back, so I don't see any way they don't sweep them, like always. You? yeah
0: they're 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 so bad just they're, like, they're so bad <laughs> they're so bad I don't even know how else to say it they're just so bad and now that they gave up Machado it's like even they're even worse than the 41 right. and a half games or whatever it is they're behind you so because they're good
1: players that they have left aren't even good anymore like chris Davis absolutely blows. blows. Adam
0: Jones is still okay <laughs> um on the right team he's not like a bona fide star anymore I think Adam Jones could be still good for a team um right. I'm surprised that they're not thinking about trying to deal him so who knows but um, yeah, I have them in Baltimore. I think that's even a question. Uh, four against Minnesota. I'll let you go first. I'm cu- I'm curious what you think. I know what I'm going to say, but I'm curious what you think.
1: Yeah, this one's this one's weird because they're like not good, not but like bad. they should they should be good, but they're not. I don't know. They're they a strange the, they have team.
0: Have the roster like the talent to win games?
1: And they were good last year. Yeah. Like they were really good, but they're 44 and 53, and they're. a Garbage road team, 15-31 and 31 on the road. And that happens to just be right where they're playing against the Sox. Four games on the road at Fenway. So, I mean, this team's awesome. They don't lose much. They just keep winning. So I'm saying three out of four against the Twins.
0: This is not like me, Jess. This, is, this isn't like me. They're sweeping the Twins.
1: Wow, oh, 7-0. and Like they're not good enough already.
0: <laughs> they're going 7 Because, Jess, look, Baltimore, we know... And the only wild card in that Minnesota series for me is Brian Johnson's start. That's the only one that uh-huh. I even hesitate looking at. But and that's and that's including Pomerantz. Pomerantz is the guy this week that gets two starts. So I, I think that the Twins are bad enough that the Red Sox can go in with those guys with the offense they even go, and it's at home. And we all know this Red Sox team likes to play at home. So um, all that factored in the way they're playing right now and. Uh, yeah, they're gonna sweep the Minnesota Twins, seventy seven
1: and thirty one. After this. God, is this team ever? This team's gonna win one hundred and twenty games. So. They
0: might, they might <laughs> we keep picking the way we're picking, and uh, yeah, right, seventy seven wins if my predictions come right before the last weekend in July. So that would be quite insane. And then you go couple with the Phillies, and you have a big series against the Yankees, which we'll we'll touch on next week in next show, but.
1: If they go seven and zero this week,
0: they're going to be like eight games up on the Yankees. I know because the Yankees are going to keep losing. Because <laughs> well, look, if you look at the uh, let's let's pop over here real quick because we can. Uh, Yankees schedule: they have they're playing the Mets at the moment, and then now they're playing Tampa because they just, they just had that game postponed against the Mets. So they, they split with the yep. Mets so far. They're um, playing three against Tampa and four against Kansas City. So they have just garbage as much teams. of a garbage schedule. Then they've got to play two against Baltimore when you're playing Philly. But they struggle <laughs> against Baltimore, so who knows. And Sonny Gray's pitching, so at least lose that game. Um, and then they,
1: uh, I'm interested to see how they do against the Royals.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too, to be honest. Because um, they're awesome. And then they come to town. Fenway Park. Boston Red Sox-Yankees showdown four-game series. That series could mean a lot because if you if you split or – I think anything but a split – we'll talk about it, but anything but a split is – anything worse than a split is a failure. I think a split's okay.
1: Well, yes, split's fine because if you're already up between five and eight games, which we hope they are, then you're not losing any ground and nope. time's taken away in the Yankees.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but it'll be intriguing because you do end the season in at home, at Fenway, three-game series, so that's, it could come down to that. Um, we'll depending see, we'll on see if those games show. matter. So yeah, we'll see if those actually matter. So we'll leave it there. Don't forget on Twitter at Red Sox C-O-N-S. I'll send Jess back to doing his dishes. Uh, Facebook <laughs> Red Sox Beat Podcast. Uh, don't forget rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes and all the good mumbo jumbo that we have out there on social media. Uh, CLNS Media on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, the mobile podcast app. A lot of good ways to listen to us nowadays. So check it all out. We'll be back next week talking the up to date trade deadline rumors as much as Jess will hate that next week here on Red Sox beat but for Jess I am Jared Skelly here we'll be back uh, next week